What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonship and Sexuality Podcast. Super excited to have you here for another conversation about what sexuality looks like for the life of the Christian young adult. Um, we're going to talk a lot, really practical stuff today. Come on. Um, and I got my man Keyshawn Jones yes. up in the building. We're going to have some fun. Um, Key, before we get kicked off, why don't you just introduce yourself to the people, tell them who you are, yeah. what you do, give them some context for who yes. the key man is. Come on, love to, man. Well, first off, I have to uh, give honor where honor is due. I have a beautiful wife named Emma Fern Jones. Come on. She is my rock. She's so amazing. <laughs> love her. But also just want to honor Augustine for what he's doing on this podcast, man. He's just, he's changing lives. He's given biblical perspective to help people get set free and i love it i love to just be a part of it i'm honored to be here yeah um and i have the privilege of serving at victory church um and helping oversee serve lead our young adults on a sunday night service so we're doing all the things and uh it's a great time it's amazing i love uh, being able to serve young adults. Yeah. It's a great time. Come on. We both get the, the young adult ministry vibe. Yeah. It's great. We work right across the street from each other. So, you know, it's a hard <laughs> connection. How to get with his agent, you know, yeah. figure out oh his gosh. availability. <laughs> Busy guy. But, um, no, I mean, like, Key, you and I both have heart for young adults to yeah. see. And, you know, even our story, our background, which I'm sure we'll get into later, just like, we want to see young adults free from yeah. Jesus with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of our, our, our concept of conversation today is around this topic idea of shame. Mm. And I think you and I both know from our experiences and from people that we know, like right. people just get wrapped up in shame when it comes to sexuality for yeah. all sorts of reasons, like yeah. whether it be baggage from the past, mm-hmm. um, mistakes they've made, um, maybe uh, addictions to pornography or masturbation hmm. um, or just things that like they just can't get out of their head. Maybe they're not even mm. living in sin anymore. Maybe there was something in the past, but it's just in their head. And now yeah. they have the shame of mm. these thoughts and these images. And so we're going to kind of talk about that today. Kind of like, how do we approach shame as Christians? How do mm. we follow Jesus when shame obviously wants us not to and keeps telling us not to? Let's do um, it. So yeah, Aki, I'll just let you kind of open up with some some thoughts that you have about shame and how you've seen it kind of impact your journey um, Mm. on following Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Shame. Man, this has honestly been a part of my whole journey. And I think a lot of it even stems from me growing up um, with a single mom household up until about eight. And, you know, I've actually realized a trend Um, and young people, young men specifically, that have grown up in a household where the father was not present. Mm. And I've I've actually seen that it's like they cling to a reality that it tells them that they don't need to open up or they don't know how to Mm. open up um, when they make a mistake or if just a father in the household or however the parents model like sharing things that kids go through. Um, Some parents don't talk about those things. Some parents that are healthy do Mm. and encourage the kids to talk about things that they messed up on or they hide or whatever. Um, And I think growing up in a single mom, uh, like with a single mom, 
um, that was not a very comfortable thing for me to sure. share. Yeah. Obviously, once I got to teenage age and then she got remarried and um, just adjusting to uh, like having a stepdad mm. and talking to him about things like yeah. it was just a journey um, for me to even even get to the point of opening up, mm. let alone like talk about the sin mm. that I had been doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that this is a very paralyzing thing, but really I think that shame is such an illusion from the enemy because it's his way of telling you that everything is going to be ruined if you talk about what you did. Mm. And um, I bring up the parent thing because it's like growing up with a single mom and not understanding what a healthy correction from a father looks like, Mm. I automatically tie correction and shaming Mm. into the same thing. Wow. Because it feels the same. It feels the same. When someone corrects me, I feel bad. Right. But also when I get shamed, I feel bad. So it was like, well, I'm not going to bring up like the fact that I sinned or the fact that I looked up pornography because... It's the same feeling, and I'm going to get shamed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But really, it was correction. And honestly, I just want to talk about the two differences there Yeah. Um, in that, especially as a believer. If yeah. you're a believer and you're a young adult, like the, there, it's so important to understand these differences when you're talking about shame because it literally says in the Bible that the Lord says the ones that he loves, he disciplines. Yeah. And that's so important because I think sometimes we think of, man, if I open up to the Lord Mm -hmm. about this, then like I'm going to get shamed. And the difference between shaming and correction is that correction actually does lead to conviction. Mm. Shaming leads to more sin. Yeah. And what I mean, what I mean by correction leads to conviction is this correction. Um, and my, uh, personal belief and just my walk and journey with the Lord is that like correction leads to conviction and conviction is this. It is the goodness of God Mm. that leads to repentance. Mm. Mm. And I think that that is the difference between when you feel shame and when you feel uh, correction, because like when he corrects and he disciplines, it always lead like it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. It's not shaming ourselves. Right or shaming from others that lead us to repentance. Mm-hmm. That's never the way. If you ever feel like uh, someone's shaming you or you're feeling accused mm-hmm. or whatever, or even if you're accusing yourself mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't deserve the presence of God, I don't deserve these things, yeah. it's like that is never going to set you free. But as guys, we're like, we feel a personal responsibility to get it together, to be a man, to like figure it out. I don't need help. Like, let me just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of beat ourselves over the head yeah. when we don't get it right yeah. over and over. And we're not what we're not realizing is, is that it's only the goodness of God that yep. leads you to repentance, yep. true 100%. repentance. Mm-hmm. And so I think this was such a hard thing for me to grasp mm-hmm. learning, like growing up. I would do that. I would shame myself. I would mess up, shame myself. And this is immediately what I would do. I'd be like, I do not deserve the presence of God mm-hmm. because I'm dirty. Yep. And this was my mindset. And I don't know if this is anyone else's mindset. Maybe I'm speaking to a few, mm. but this is what I thought about hearing the purity of God when I first came to Christ and yep. I was like following him and I would mess up and I was like, oh, yep. I feel dirty. Yep. And this is what I thought about the purity of God. I was like, 
I can't go to the presence of God because I don't want to taint what the purity of God Mm -hmm. is. And I actually want to speak into that because like there are so many small lies that keep us stuck and keep us in bondage. And it's really actually not like big, massive lies. It's really the small lies Mm -hmm. that keep us like stuck in the small times that we mess up. And the small things that the devil accuses you of, mm-hmm. or not even just the devil. What are you accusing yourself of? Yep. I think that's the main thing that I would do. I was I would mess up. I would watch pornography. I would be like, I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I give room to the devil to be like, I can't believe you did that. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. <laughs> and then I would be like, I feel so dirty that I don't want to go to where the presence of God is yep. because I think I'm going to taint yep. the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to paint a picture for that, mm-hmm. if I can. Um, my mentality of the purity of God was that it was like white linens. Mm. And I used to think, man, purity means clean. Purity means like a super clean white sheet and there's no blemish or dirt on it. Mm. And the reality is, is that doesn't even make sense. Because if the purity of God was so, supposed to come in and cleanse our sins then like it can't be portrayed and symbolized as a white linen Mm -hmm. because it would get dirty literally so easily right 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 and so it's like i remember this the holy spirit giving this revelation to me he was like the purity of god is not like white linens key the purity of god is like soap Mm. the purity of god has the ability to only clean things Mm. when dirt gets in contact with soap it does not get soap dirty. Yeah, soap yeah. only has the ability wow. to clean so the good. thing that's dirty. Wow. And this is and this is what changed for me because it was like it changed from this. Mm. It changed it changed from me messing up watching pornography and then cowering back and being like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe yep. I did that. I can't believe I did that. Mm. I'm I need to dedicate myself to not doing it for two weeks so I can get my confidence back to like get back right. in the rhythm. Right. And and. What's crazy is, is when you tell yourself that, you automatically translate that to what God says about you. Yep, 100%. It happens all the time, mm-hmm. especially to men. Yep, yep. <laughs> and females. I won't even discredit that. Like, yeah. I think it happens to all of us. Absolutely. And um, when I got this revelation, this is how I began to hear God. Mm. He goes, oh, you're dirty? Go take a shower. Mm. That's how I heard it. Mm. Instead of me being like, oh, well, like, I don't know if I can wrap you in white linens because then you're going to get dirty. And right. if you're going to get it dirty, right. then you're going to mess up the whole system. Right. No, it yep. wasn't that. He was like, oh, you're dirty? Mm. Oh, go take a shower. Mm-hmm. It was that simple to him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, like, it, it was not this mentality of, like, shame on you. Mm-hmm. You know, shame on you for doing that. Yep. Um, and also, like, as yes like as i began to really start to understand what the purity of god looked like was and how it was supposed to be um just like portrayed as i sinned i actually was talking to a buddy of mine recently and he said he shared something so interesting with me um about his struggle and when he was just like struggling with pornography and all of these things and i love his i love his part of the story that he shared because it was not before he got the platform. It was not before he got the influence. It was after he got the influence mm. that he was still struggling. Wow. And I love that he shared this with me because I believe that there's so many people right now that maybe are in positions 
and are still struggling behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, now I definitely can't share what's going on because it's going to ruin my reputation. It's going to ruin ruin my influence. And um, it was so good what he shared. He said this. He was like, I would mess up, and I felt so afraid to tell people, but I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, as soon as you mess up, turn on worship music and worship me. Yeah. And it was so hard yep. for him to do it mm-hmm. because he was like, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't deserve that. I yep. don't deserve to worship you. I don't mm-hmm. deserve to worship you. And he kept saying it over and over again. But as he was saying it, he would still do it. Right. And so it was a beautiful thing. Yep. And this is what I realized from his story. He didn't say this, but this is what I like picked up on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my goodness. He literally is saying the beauty of what grace is. Mm. He was like, I messed up and God wants me to worship anyways Mm -hmm. as if I do deserve it. I do not deserve it. Mm -hmm. That is the grace of God. The grace of God gives you what you do not deserve. And I think that that's so powerful because that is is my story. That's a lot of our stories Mm -hmm. is that like God is extending an invitation to us to be in the presence of God, have relationship with him. But it's not a conditional one. Mm-hmm. It's one that says, the, even if you mess up, come and be in my presence. Yeah. Even when you miss the mark, come and be in my presence because yeah. I have something to give you. Yeah. Um, and that is the grace of God. And I even can like depict it this way. Um, Romans uh, 5, 12 talks about how the grace of God and, and sin. And when we sin, mm-hmm. it literally says that where sin is, and where sin abounds, grace super abounds. Mm-hmm. So this is, oh man, this is so beautiful because mm-hmm. it's like when Jesus died on the cross, he did not die for their present sin. He died for every sin that was to come right. after that point, right? right? And so for anyone that is in Christ Jesus and falls short and sins in that very place, mm-hmm. in that very moment, whether it's in your room, mm-hmm. whether it's like behind closed doors, wherever it is, yep. grace is there. Yep is what that is what mm-hmm. that scripture is saying mm-hmm. like grace is in that place yeah and so what actually happens is is that when you do turn around and worship mm-hmm. you are actually receiving the grace of god mm-hmm. that was already there yeah right and so and um i loved that and that was his way of like getting set free he said that he was like i would do it over and over yep. and over again until and then he said something very key though because i think that this is the main thing that a lot of um young people um, are struggling with it may not even be that it's like they're struggling to worship God or or maybe even like just continue on but maybe some of um, young people they have been struggling with this for so long Mm -hmm. this is part of my story I struggled with it for so long I did all the right things yeah I prayed I answered the altar calls Mm -hmm. I got people to I brought people in Mm -hmm. I talked about it and I still was not beating it. And I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And um, the difference that he said in his story was that he gained his confidence back. Mm-hmm. And I love how he said that because I was like, okay, wait a mm-hmm. second. I was like, a lot of young people struggle with this for so long that they eventually almost just believe that it is the thorn in their side. Yep, yep. I've heard that so many times. That they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to have to just be okay with Mm -hmm. serving God and watching pornography. And that's my thorn. Mm -hmm. That is not true. Mm -hmm. That is not biblical. That is not it. 
Yep. It's not. Mm-hmm. That is not what God created for us, mm-hmm. that like sin would be a thorn in our side. That is not it. Yep. And um, I thought that that was so powerful. What he said, though, was because the moment that you believe and get your confidence back that you can be set free mm-hmm. is when things can start yep. to take place, 100%. is when you can begin to receive the grace mm-hmm. of God. Yeah. Um, I think about when we said about confidence. Yeah. I think of the story of the prodigal son, mm. right? So it's like, this whole idea of how shame tells you you can't be around yes. the father. And yeah. so prodigal comes home and the father runs to him, mm. embraces him. And then what does he do? He clothes him, puts on puts on some fly sneakers, and yeah. he gives him a ring, <laughs> a ring saying like, you are my son. Yes. And the idea of he mm. doesn't just love mm. you and receive you as you are. He also reminds you of who you are by That's putting so a good. ring on your finger and saying, yeah. you're a son. Yeah. You are loved. Mm. And because you are a son and you are loved, here's what you have. You are part of this family. You are part of this household. You Mm. squandered this inheritance. But guess what? You're welcome back into the home. And so it's this idea of confidence is linked to understanding your identity as a son or as a daughter. And I think so many people think I can only be a son or a daughter if. Right. And that's where you're talking about the conditional aspect. And I thought of when you were talking about hiding and the shame that kind of makes you have to clean yourself up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Bob Sorge actually talks about this in his book, Secret to the Secret Place. Mm. And I read this and I just had this revelation similar to what your, your friend was having in that um, I think I read it in high school and Bob Sorge makes a statement, holiness has to do with proximity to the Holy One. Mm. And trying to get holiness mm. from somewhere else and bring it to a holy one, wow. that's so stupid. Like, yeah. why, if you, if he is the source of holiness, Man. how can I find holiness somewhere else and bring it to him? Like, it is mm. something. It's like, that. that's nothing. We have nothing. But if yeah. you want to receive that purity, like you're talking about, like that right. soap or, or that fresh water to right. rinse, you yeah. have to go to the source. You can't yeah. go douse yourself in a dirty lake and be like, look, I'm clean. I'm over dirt. Yeah, but now you have all this bacteria on you. Like, yeah. You need to go to the source. That's and so good. That's what I loved about what you were talking about because it's this idea that shame tries to isolate and mm-hmm. say you have to clean yourself up before you go home. Right, but yeah. But you see in the, in the story of the prodigal son, he's like, I can't clean myself up. Yeah. I have to go home. It's my only option. Wow. I think sometimes that's it takes good. us to that point where we have to say, Jesus, you are my only option, and I have to come to you, and you have to cleanse me, Mm -hmm. you have to love me, and you have to remind me who I am, which is is what shame tries to tell you. You can't do any of those things unless you are away from me. But Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are fevered, all who have sinned, and I will cleanse you. I will purify you. Yeah. No, that's so good. Man, that's so good. Mm. Yeah, and I even think of it, too, of like – Yeah, just on the topic of confidence that, like, we have this confidence in Christ Jesus because of what he's done and because of who we are in. Mm -hmm. Like, just John 15, abide in me Mm -hmm. as I abide in you. The only reason that we can have confidence is when you have that understanding Mm -hmm. that it's, um, someone gave an illustration of, say, like, we are a representation, like, as a pen Mm -hmm. and you have a notebook and you are the pen like uh whoever it is you can identify as a pen and jesus is like the notebook or Mm -hmm. the journal you place the pen in the notebook and then this is how this is what god sees as you approach the throne of grace Mm -hmm. when you ask for things when you ask for forgiveness when you ask for whatever Mm -hmm. he doesn't even see you or your sin Mm -hmm. he sees the the 
his only son that sacrificed yep. it all. Yep. That's his image. Mm-hmm. And I think when you understand that for yourself, oh, your confidence level goes through the roof. Yep. It's like, no, I actually don't have to sit in this thing mm-hmm. because I know what my father sees. I know yep. he also knows what I struggle with, but right. he also is looking through the lens of Jesus, 100%. is looking through the lens of the sacrifice, yep. right, that cleansed me. Mm-hmm. And so now I have this confidence, mm-hmm. you know, in yep. Christ Jesus that yep. I can be delivered and I can be um, set free. Absolutely. No, I think that's really key. And I think dethroning the prideful thought in our hearts that we are the hero of the story. Mm, yeah. I think that's like our generation, millennials, Gen Z, we're all about, you know, being oh my the gosh. star character, the the, <laughs> the the hero in the story, the Disney princess, the I want to be like character. David. Yeah, it's like you, you like <laughs> we we're, we're just bred to think that way. And I yeah. think you realize, you know what, actually if you put yourself as the hero of the story, you cannot you cannot be the hero. Yeah. Like you keep falling short. But if you say, yep. you know what? No, Jesus is the main character of the story. That's good. So everything I do is I am in his shadow. Yep. Like I'm in his shadow. I'm not coming up here and like, Jesus, now put the spotlight on me. No, no, no. Put the spotlight on Jesus and realize I'm in his shadow. Mm-hmm. So as we approach the throne, it's not you standing up in front of all these people and being like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. It's you saying, you coming in the shadow of Jesus and Jesus says, Hey, this guy. Yes. I, for him. Mm. I love him. That's I died it. for him. That's Father, it. I want him as a part of our family. Yeah. And that's, mm. I think it's just that change of mentality. So when you have that change of mentality, you're like, oh, not all this pressure's on me to right. perform yep. for God, my Father. Instead, it's to say, you know what, Jesus, only you can make me worthy to stand in mm. front of a holy God because mm. you did. What I couldn't do, what no one could do, you were on that cross for me. Yeah, and so I think I think that's a, a key mental shift. Yeah, and for me it was because it was like, well, I have to be this. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, Jesus is this. Right, Jesus is this. So now I come and say, Jesus, what will you have me do? Mm-hmm. So let me ask mm-hmm. you this from like yeah. your story. You know, I think about the story of you know the woman caught in the act of adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, they're about to stone her, and Jesus says, "You who are without sin, cast mm-hmm. the first stone." They all leave, you know, and then he stoops in the dirt. He's talking to her and he says, go and sin no more. <laughs> okay. So what is, how do we reconcile as a Christian young adult? Okay. I, I don't want to sin anymore. Mm. And Jesus found me in my sin. I mm. know he's redeemed me. Now I'm on the other side of it. Right. Uh, okay. I, I know I want to change how I live on, change how I think, change my heart. How do I go mm-hmm. from the place of, um, living in sin to striving to live in a way that honors the Lord. Mm-hmm. What is what is the bridge there? Like, how do you cross that bridge? Yeah. What kind of advice do you give to an adult to kind of navigate that? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like, I have to go back to um, just the confidence um, aspect mm-hmm. of, like, having that confidence in yeah. Christ because that woman— dealt with that and probably shamed herself. And we even have to remember in that time, like it was not like, oh, she committed adultery. Mm-hmm. There goes her reputation. Yeah. No, they were about to kill her. Yep, 100%. Like that's how serious it was mm-hmm. in that time. Imagine what that woman is thinking. Mm-hmm. She has no confidence. Mm-hmm. She has no confidence. She's like, I've done it and I've messed up. My life is nothing now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's probably what she was thinking. Right. Like it's about to be over. Right. And then in a moment, 
someone stoops down and says, hey, go and sin no more. Where's your accusers? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how are you supposed to just like all of a sudden live a different way? You know what I mean? Like she's still probably going to see those people in town, you know, and watch it. Like she's still probably going to be judged by all those people around. Mm -hmm. Right. And but I do believe that it's from that place. It first starts with believing. Yeah. It starts with believing what Jesus just said to you. Mm-hmm. Hey, go and sin no more. Yep. Believing that. Mm-hmm. And as you have the confidence in Christ, mm-hmm. as you're receiving that grace, it yeah. fir- you first have to believe it. Yeah. If you don't believe it, mm-hmm. then you're going to go home and be like, did that really happen? Yep. Did I really get set free? Did I? Did he really take that sin away from me? Right. And once you start going down that rabbit trail, you mm-hmm. end up messing up. Yep. And that's not the mindset. Yep. The mindset is believing, being like, even though I don't feel free, mm-hmm. I know what he said was true. Yep. And I have to believe it. Yeah. I have to believe it. Mm-hmm. And the difference between like taking that step and you have that confidence to take the step, the good thing is, is about you taking that confidence, um, that confident step in the right direction of saying, hey, I believe that this is true. Even though I don't feel it, mm-hmm. even though I don't deserve yep. it, I believe this to be yep. true. Yep. That is when the grace of God mm-hmm. comes on you. And I love the grace of God because it doesn't just give you what you don't deserve. Yep. It empowers you yes. to stop doing yes. what you could not do beforehand. Yes. Yes. That's the beauty of the mm-hmm. grace of God. It's not just like, and I think that we almost have that a little distorted in our mm-hmm. young generation today mm-hmm. of like hearing, oh, God is giving me grace. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost a license to sin. Right. No, it's not a license to sin. Nope. It's actually the empowerment to mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. sinning mm-hmm. is what it is. When you actually receive the true grace of God, yep. is, that's what it does. Yep. And I am a firm believer in not these momentary, temporary moments at the altar mm-hmm. where everything is supposed to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that we've done that um, I think there's always things that we can learn from in the in the local church um, and when we pray for people and all of these things and walk with people. But for me, that was not my journey. It was mm-hmm. not a, let me go to the altar, I got set free. Mm-hmm. I feel like I went to the altar a million times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it just was not working. Right. And I had to bite my tongue and the second step after believing was staying free. Mm. And I had to bite my tongue and be like, the only way that I am going to stay free mm-hmm. is put a truth in my head mm-hmm. and in my heart daily mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily think like um, naturally. Right. And so it was for me like I wanted I wanted the momentary God set me free. I'm at the altar. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it all. I'm giving my life. Yep. Just wipe me. Rid me of sin. And he doesn't, sometimes he does not do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that he can't do that. Mm -hmm. God is a God of miracles and he can Mm -hmm. set people free in a moment. Mm -hmm. But I have seen with sexual sin specifically that it is a process that you need to walk out and you have to commit when God says, go and sin no more, that he's not just speaking a word of declaration that sets you free. It is that, but it's also a commandment. Mm. Him saying, go and sin no more, right? And so it's like, okay, if my father told me to do this Mm -hmm. and I follow him, I say that I'm a Christ follower, Mm -hmm. what do I have to do to now Mm -hmm. go and sin no more? And it's daily. It's daily believing and speaking something over you. And I I, want to even read this uh, scripture verse. This is 
literally something I'm like giving you personal things that I like say over myself morning and night. It's Mm -hmm. like um, I heard the Lord say this to me in a season where I was like struggling with this. And he was like, the grace of God is for you in this season, day and night. Mm. If you seek this passage day and night, Mm. like you're going to experience confidence and more freedom Mm -hmm. and the ability to say no to temptation. Um, And uh, this passage, it's 1 Thessalonians 4. And I'll start from verse 1. And it says this, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, Mm. just as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, for you know what commandments we give you through the Lord Jesus. Verse 3, it says this, For this is the will of God. Oh, this is so important. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain Mm -hmm. from sexual immorality. Let's literally stop right there. If you're wondering what the will of God is, like, (laughs) here you go. There it is. Like, it is to abstain from sexual immorality. And for all of those people saying thorn in your side, that ruins that right here. Yeah. Like, that's not it. And um, and then it goes on to say, verse 4, like, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel mm-hmm. in sanctification and in honor. Come on. Okay, this scripture verse literally changed my life. And yeah. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll just leave it there. And it goes on to say more. It just talks about like yeah. not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles, and it goes on and more. Yeah. But I want to stop right there because it talks about possessing your own vessel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I didn't even know that was Bible. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even know that that was like scriptural. <laughs> and when I read that, I was like, pause you mean to tell me that i have the ability to Mm -hmm. possess my own vessel Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. i have the ability to actually not like give into sexual sin yep like that's what you that's what this word is telling me and so it took me a process of like speaking this thing to where i would read it at first and i'm like i don't really believe that and then i'd read it the next day and i'm like okay well like that's so Mm -hmm. crazy i can't believe that that's scriptural right and then I'd read it again, and I'd read it again, yep. and I'd read it again. Mm-hmm. And I have found that like it has set me free in a way that's so liberating. Yep. Um, because what it has done for me is like set me free to the point to where like when temptation comes knocking, mm-hmm. because it will. Mm-hmm. I think that's the lie that we believe as freedom comes, right. that temptation completely goes away. Yep. No, that's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's literally this. When it talks about Jesus is saying like, my burden is light and my yoke is easy, take yep. it upon you. Mm-hmm. What what I hear him saying in that is that it it's almost this analogy of like, say you have a wagon and you have sin, you're carrying it with you. Mm-hmm. You're carrying all this sin with you. And what Jesus does when you pray these things and you get freedom and all of these things, he picks up the sin off of your wagon Mm. makes your light load like your load lighter Mm -hmm. but it's still above Mm. it's just you're not carrying it anymore Mm. that's that's the only difference is like you're pulling this wagon and it's so light now Mm -hmm. because it's in jesus's hands but that doesn't mean that the temptation is not present Mm -hmm. it just means that you now have the confidence to be like no i have the ability to possess my own vessel right that's the difference. Yep. And and I even had a mentor tell me, once you get confident in saying the scripture over you and you feel like you're free and mm. you you finally have like gotten in a rhythm mm. and you get confident, he was like, press in even more. Mm. 
because the illusion is is that you get to a state or a destination right. where you're like, I am now free. Right. And I don't need to read that anymore. Yep. That no. Like yeah. <laughs> that is how that is how you mess up. You do not arrive. You do <laughs> yeah. not arrive. Yes. If anything, I would encourage you, like however hard you've been pressing in to get free, yep. press in double that mm-hmm. once you get confident. Mm-hmm. Because then it's like, man, the devil, it literally talks about how he's walking around seeking whom he may devour. Yep. Like, that does not mean he stops just because yeah. you got set free. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't care. And he knows <laughs> yeah. that you are on this journey. And he is yeah. patient. He is patient. He is. He's conniving. <laughs> but that's what I loved about what you said about the grace of God. It's like how grace empowers. Mm. And I didn't. I think I had this revelation as I read um, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, where Paul is telling Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, yes. but of power, love, and self-discipline. Wow. So owning oh, your own vessel good. says... You can't do that on your own. You try to you try to do it on your own, you're gonna fail. Yeah. Just try it. We know it's true. But <laughs> if Paul's telling Timothy, you don't have to do this alone. Grace has been given to you. Grace, here's the Holy Spirit. Holy mm. Spirit says power, love, self-discipline. Mm. And power, love, Man. and self-discipline is always the opposite of what sexual temptation is. Wow. Because you feel powerless. Wow. It is not love, it That's is lust. Good. And then self-discipline, we all mm. know sexual temptation is the opposite. It tells you not to obey any discipline, just to mm. let loose, be free, mm. enjoy what you want. And so I think kind of as we kind of are wrapping up, this idea of yeah. grace and confidence are linked. Mm. You cannot be confident in yourself. You need to be confident in whose you are. Yes. Grace is only available if you abide in him yeah you try to do on your own if you try to clean yourself up you're not receiving grace Mm-mm. you're saying god i'm going to try to provide my own grace right which yep. is dangerous and then mm-hmm. it puts you in the cycle of the enemy's like i got you if yep. you're trying to provide your own grace he's in that winning cycle yeah that's good breaking the cycle means understanding whose you are mm-hmm. and how you win how you win yeah. is once you understand how you win you're confident mm-hmm. if i know how to beat someone on a basketball court if i know okay they can only dribble with the right hand yeah. if i cut off the right hand they can't go left so i got him i have yeah. confidence like i know how yeah. to shut him down i yeah. try to shut down Keyshawn in basketball it doesn't work <laughs> he's, he's too good of a shooter oh my god represent each town <laughs> but i know if i have my strategy that i know works yeah i'm confident mm. so the strategy to really beating shame mm-hmm. is understanding that grace that's really not good. just understanding it having a one-time revelation like mm. you said at the altar yeah it's a lifestyle of abiding in that grace yeah yeah that's really good so key as we kind of close what would be kind of your last little word of encouragement mm. um for young adults that are hearing this they yeah feel convicted in the best way possible mm. they hear jesus saying go sin no more yeah what what kind of encouragement would you give to those young adults yeah i really man i was as i was praying about this augustine i really thought back to my beginning story um and how i began to follow jesus it was Mm -hmm. kind of unique um i was pretty logical when it came to the understanding about oh give your life to jesus follow Mm -hmm. jesus when i was younger and it was almost like I, not that I was denying it, it just was like they would talk about relationship with Jesus. And I was like, if it's really a relationship, then I should feel him outside of this building. Mm. And when I was younger, I would like question that. It was so hard for me to grasp that understanding 
because I was like, of course Jesus is in this building when there's worship going on and the word of God is being spoken and people are praying. Of course, of course Jesus is here. Of course his presence is here. Yeah. I'm like, but what about in my room like they're talking about? Mm. I'm not experiencing that. Mm. And so how is it a relationship? Yeah. And so that was my biggest struggle. Mm. And I will never forget the moment when I really started following Christ. You know, I got saved at youth group in yep. 16, uh -huh. and I just did it because this girl did it, and I was right. like trying to impress her. <laughs> um, but when I was 18 years old, in the midst of my sin, like in the midst of everything that I was doing, like drugs and like sleeping around, all of that stuff, in the midst of all of it, it was one day I didn't have any of those things. For some reason, my car wasn't working, mm -hmm. all this stuff. I was at home. My parents were on vacation. No one was at the house. I couldn't really go anywhere. And I felt led to open the Bible. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I opened that Bible and I turned to Romans 8:38, mm -hmm. and it's talking about like no depth or, or height nor demon or angel can separate me from God's love. Yep. It was the first time I felt the tangible presence of God mm. outside of that building, mm. outside of that church building. Mm. And I was not pursuing him. Mm. There was no worship music on. Yeah. There was no praying happening. Mm. And he found me. Mm. And that's what made it so real for me. Mm. And I just want to encourage every young adult that when he says that he wants relationship, that's what he means. Right. And the reason I say this is if you are if you are tired of going to the altar call every single Sunday and trying to repent for this sexual sin, I'm going to tell you how to stop doing that. I'm going to tell you how to stop going to the altar call. The altar call does not set you free. If you do not experience Jesus at the altar call, then you're not going to get set free. If you're not talking to Jesus at the altar call, you're not going to get set free. And I'm not knocking altar calls. Mm -hmm. We need them. I believe in them. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, talking to me at right. the altar call. Right. What I'm trying to say is, is that I don't want you to be in a cycle for the rest of the li your life yep. where you feel convicted every time you come to a sermon mm -hmm. and you feel depleted every week and you feel like you have to get refreshed and repent every single Sunday. Yep. If you're tired of that, yep. what I'm encouraging you to do is get over this mentality that it's boring mm -hmm. to speak the word of God over you throughout mm -hmm. the week. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm, it's so simple. Yep. There's no massive big revelation here. It's do your due diligence to speak the truth of mm -hmm. God over you until you believe it. Mm -hmm. And I just am a firm believer in a product of this, of seeing that like, man, I was responding to the altar call over and over and over, conference would happen. Give your life to Jesus or you want to get rid of sexual sin. It just was a repetitive thing. Mm -hmm. And if anything, me responding to the altar call every single Sunday made me feel even more shameful. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I am a mess. Like, why can't I get it together? And all I had to change was a simple thing of he wants relationship with me, yeah. which means that I am going to take whatever is spoken on Sunday Whatever is spoken on Sunday is just supposed to encourage you to the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to push you to the truth of mm -hmm. God, yep. which is throughout your week. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to dive into relationship. I even challenge you to, if you have not tried to pursue God mm -hmm. by yourself in your room, 
Like, I encourage you to do yeah. that in your dorm. Come on. Like, not at chapel, like when you come to ORU or, or just on Sundays, but on the Monday when you're not doing anything mm-hmm. or you're about to watch TV or you're about to get on screen time or Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. I challenge you to take that moment yep. that you were going to do those things and ask the Holy Spirit to come in the room. Yes. And I promise you, things are going to begin to shift in your heart personally, Mm -hmm. and you're going to get your confidence back. Mm -hmm. You're going to get your belief back, and you're going to receive the grace of God that's going to empower you to overcome this sin. Come on. That's it. Like, it's it's that simple. You have to want that freedom, not just one day out of the week. Yep. You got to want that freedom every day. Yep. And be able to be like, the truth of God is going to come to life. And even though I don't feel it right now, if I do it again, mm-hmm. something's going to happen. And then if I do it again, something more is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Believing that truth yep. because it will set you free. Yep. I firmly believe that. Amen. And I think, Key, you and I are both testimonies of God's um, patient persistence with yes, us. Yes, Lord. And he is patient. He loves you. And he wants to engage with you. Yeah, so, he does. So like we talked about at the beginning and throughout don't feel like you have to clean yourself up before you start that yeah. relationship. Start today. Like mm. even if you looked at pornography today, even if you were sleeping around last night, like right, right now, yeah. get off this podcast, pause it, stop it, stop listening. Just cut it off right now and go yeah. like, <laughs> get in the word. Just get on your knees, on your yes. face before God mm. and just ask him for relationship. Yeah. He's good. And, and like you were saying, Key, it's like it's his goodness. It's his kindness mm. that leads us to repentance. Mm. So we encourage you just to do that and um, – we just appreciate you guys even listening and taking the time to invest into yourself mm. so that you can become more like Christ. And Keith, thanks for making the time. Absolutely, man. And talk. I'm always encouraged and stirred by your <laughs> by your great faith and your, your passion to see people truly pursue Jesus yes. for real, authentically. Yeah. Mm. Um, so thankful for you. Thanks for making the time to come on out. And, Absolutely, uh, man. The second Anytime. time, really. You were, on, you were on an earlier episode as That's part true. of the panel. So we had to get you your own episode. So we had to get you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the Sonship and Sexuality podcast. We hope you'll join us for the next episode soon.